Hey, we've been talking all week about the word no, as in no, as uh, Austin Powers, one of those guys says no. Anyway, as we've been talking about it, I've been tracking the word no in my life this week. Someone that I thought was going to be a client yesterday actually said no to me. And I had to deal with that yesterday afternoon. And frankly, I'm dealing with it this morning. So we're going to talk about how you can not let no deter you on episode 824 of today's antidote. Stay tuned for today's antidote brought to you by the Renegade Success Network. Today's antidote features a healthy dose of thought-provoking insights and information for business owners, entrepreneurs, leaders, and nonprofit professionals. Each day since March of 2020, this program has offered that one thing, to help you continue on your own unique pathway to success. And now, Renegades, we bring you Bob Graham and Tom Brush. Do, 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 do. Good morning, Tom. How are you? I'm well, Bob. How are you doing today? I'm good. It's a Friday. It's a. It's going to be a rainy Friday. I was looking at the weather map and it's... they. The guy on the radio, yes, I listened to the radio, said this morning, there's a 100% chance of rain. A hundred percent. Yes, yes. That's kind of daunting, right? Like, whoa. (laughs) What happens if it's not? Well, you know the whole thing about that prediction of rain? It's not the percentage. It's the percent of the area, the geographic area that will see rain. So when there's a 30% chance of rain, that means 30% of the area, whatever that area is, is going to have rain fall on it. Did you know that? I did not. There's no disclaimer about that. What's that? I've never seen that disclaimer. They should probably put that across. Every time the weather is going on and they're talking about rain, this disclaimer should be, yes, this just, we're just saying that that means 30% of the viewing area or listening area is going to. No, it's not the listening area. It might be a geographic area, like a town or a city. So whatever they, whatever area that they're using it would be 30% of that area. I mean, have you ever been, have you ever had it rain on your side of the street and it's not raining on the other side of the street? Okay, that's what we're talking about. So 100% chance rain means wherever I go in my neighborhood at 10 o'clock today, it's going to be raining. If it's 30% chance, it would be 30%. What's that? Wouldn't that also be the listening area for the radio station and the viewing area? It would depend because they do it section by section. If you look at the weather for Baltimore and you look at the weather for Towson, which is a small community north of Baltimore, it might be 100% Baltimore and it might be 80% Towson. This is one that, honestly, Tom, I really have a hard time wrapping my head around this one. I know it to be true. I've talked to people that deal with weather and this is what it is, but it each time I hear it, I'm like, that, that, that no, it's the percentage, but it's really not. Fascinating. I learned something today. That, <laughs> I'm glad that our program could teach people. And if I'm wrong, please, someone put it in the comments, but this is my understanding having talked to people. Wouldn't be the first time I've been wrong. You can tell me no, and I will uh, I will deal with it, as it were. Hopefully you won't let it deter you. Oh, well. <laughs> I've never let a no deter me. Not once, Tom. When have you ever seen me take a no seriously? Good question. 
I don't know the it's answer. It's 7:39. I think I've done it probably in the last minute. <laughs> all right. Well, good morning. Now that we've learned all about the weather, and now you have a better, a different, different understanding of how the weather shares what they share. I tell you what, that's the job. Right. That's Ronald. a cushy gig. Right. <laughs> Nobody. Everybody knows that you're not going to be correct most of the time. And yet you're still able to keep doing it. And whether people do their job, I mean, how many years you should, it would be interesting for you to go to NBC with, hey, Al Roker, you've had Al Roker on your team for 30 years, however yeah. many years. I think it's 40. And his percentage of getting the forecast correct is whatever it is. You could go back. But and here's study. the thing, Tom. A lot of those people are not meteorologists. There was a guy in Baltimore, Bob Turk. Yeah. Very popular weatherman. When I was a kid, Bob Turk was like a god. You went to the fair and Bob Turk was there and you stand in line to get his autograph. He's a weather reader. He didn't go to meteorology school. He just literally takes the national weather forecast from the National Weather Service, turns it into words, Graphics, boom, it's up on the screen. It's different. He could, uh, great guy. I, I've met him. He's a great guy. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to piss off anyone in the Baltimore area because he's like an institution. But when it comes to knowing weather, if he didn't have that sheet of paper and he couldn't look outside, he couldn't tell you the weather. So he, they're just personalities. It, they're just personalities. Exactly. That's a. What about on the Weather Channel? Those people are legit meteorologists. All of them? Yes. Yes, they are. They are. I have a friend whose brother actually did some uh, work for um, uh, the Weather Channel, and he had to go through some serious vetting. They're legit. Jim Cantori knows what he's talking about. Okay. I don't know. I think there are a lot of people who just like him because he looks good on camera and everybody wants to know where's Jim Cantore and is he in our town and can I go see him? <laughs> well, and he's going to get blown in a hurricane or a tornado in a way most of us would. Right. He's a little bit of a stunt person as well. So. <laughs> All right. right, enough about the weather. Good now morning, we'll turn everyone. to traffic and after that we'll do sports. <laughs> Fair enough. So we can you can celebrate traffic and I'll celebrate sports and vice versa. Probably... <laughs> You should celebrate sports after all the big news in Baltimore lately. So anyhow, welcome to today's Antidote, our daily broadcast and podcast, where each weekday morning, Bob and I have a conversation around the topic. It's usually not the weather or traffic or sports. And uh, as we go through that conversation, if you have thoughts or ideas that you would like to share, please feel free to put it in the comments because we know a lot of value to our show. And at the end of that conversation, Bob and I will each offer our one thing. That thing that we hope will help you figure out how to take your next step when you might be struggling with trying to understand the weather or when you get a no. And so if you're asking the weather person, is it going to be a nice day? And they say, mm, nope. Well, hopefully we're going to help you figure out how to deal with no and not let it deter you from moving forward with this conversation today. And of course, if you have a one thing, your antidote that you'd like to share, please feel free to put it in the comments as well. Before we dive into that conversation, though, each morning, Bob, and I share our celebrations. So, Bob, what are you celebrating today? 
I'm going to celebrate that I got to know someone over the last week or two. We uh, met through some uh, work that you and I do with people on Alignable, and uh, it was a networking event. Got to know this person a little bit. We followed up. We had a discussion. And uh, this person, Christine, who does uh, PowerPoint presentations, uh, saw an opportunity on a service and thought that she could bring me in. And we actually formed a partnership on it pretty quickly and put in a proposal. So, you know, it's one of those great stories about networking where you network, you actually talk about what you do. The person hears what you do, you align on things, and then an opportunity comes up. And rather than had she put in the proposal just herself without my input, I think it would have been a different opportunity. I, I think it might have been, I, I think the two of us created something more powerful than either of us alone would have created. You were struggling not to say better, weren't you? I was trying very hard not to, yes. yes. Look at how far you've come. I've come so far. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. That's a so great it's, it's, you know, it's the power of networking. And I think sometimes people think of networking as I, I get to do it. I just hand out my business card or I get on Zoom and nothing ever comes from it. But there's a case where, you know, it wasn't the networking event per se that led to the opportunity. It was a follow-up discussion where we talked about what we were trying to do, how we were serving the same people. And we also listened to each other. And there was, you know, oh, I, philosophically, I agree with you on that. This is what I'm trying to do. This is what we're you're trying to do. Rather than the, and in the discussion, there was never a moment of discussion about, so let me tell you exactly what I do. Here's my 30-second elevator pitch. It was much more organic than that, and it was much more wrapped around serving people than getting my statement out about what I do. Like, I'm not sure if you asked her right now to, to say what I do. I think she would describe it in a completely different way than I might. But she understood where I fit into what she does well enough to see a proposal and say, boy, I should bring this guy into this. This would really enhance what I'm trying to do. Nice. Love a good, you know, next to customer service, the power of networking is one of my, you know, my go-tos. Yes. Yes, indeed. Excellent. All right. How about you? Well, I have two. Sorry. I'm wow. going to take control and do that. Uh, my first is that, uh, I think I mentioned yesterday, I had the opportunity to do a presentation yesterday. I think, mm -hmm. I that, maybe. And, you know, it, it was really enjoyable to do. The people Good. were attentive. They were engaged. They were listening. They, I think they got some value out on it. Pretty sure they got a lot of value out of it. The person who organized it was, was, um, felt like it went well. And so I think that that was fun to do. It's, it's an enjoyable thing for me. Um, and it is amazing how, focused you have to be and i know that i i had to go down to dc to do a, a lacrosse game yesterday and i was uh noticing how three hours of kind of being on uh can have an impact on you so so that's my first celebration i understand all too well having co co taught college courses people would be like oh it must be so easy yeah okay you stand in front of people being on stage for three hours a day yeah it's different and then uh, my other celebration is that one of our Renegade Success members got some good news yesterday, and or got some news, and uh, it was news that is 
uh, impactful for him in the way that I think he had hoped for. So I'm uh, celebrating that as well. Okay. I don't even know what that means, but that sounds great. <laughs> it's a celebration. Okay. All right. So let's dive into our topic. We're talking this week and we're wrapping up the week talking about dealing with no. And today we're going to talk about not letting it deter you. Would you like to kick us off, Bob? Yes, I would say, Tom, I'm the least qualified human being on earth to talk about this because I usually let no deter me a lot. Why? Oh, we're going to go down this road. All right, folks, <laughs> strapping, we're going to do a little coaching. I can feel it. I just like to ask questions. You know that. Well, I think because I take it personally. I really do. So no, in my head is I'm not good enough. And whether it's no to, um, uh, do do you wanna, I don't know, do you wanna go out Friday night and get drinks? And you say no. If you say I have plans, like okay. But if you just go, no, I'm not really into that. I take that very personally. And with work stuff, I tend to do that as well. And I don't think I'm alone on that. I'm gonna guess that there are some other people that take no pretty personally. Um, Whether it's a boss saying your idea doesn't have weight and that they're not going to pursue it or when you're working on a committee and you have an idea and the committee votes it down uh a sales situation where you offer a person an opportunity to work with you and they say no that's that's one that can be really frustrating to me um and it causes me usually to really rethink everything about myself everything not not just and all week we've been talking about no we've been talking about the idea that you know we it's not about me it's about the person they're not i I get all that we had that conversation yesterday we had that conversation yesterday and i can have that conversation i can share that with someone else i have a hard time with that a lot i really do It, it it can really it can really throw me i've gotten better at it in the last three to six months, I, I, I think I've gotten to a place where I realized that for every time someone said no, someone has said yes. And uh, I, I, but I really think it can, it can slow me down. It can, you know, I got no from someone, actually two situations, I guess, yes, right? One of them slowed me down a little bit all day. The other one kind of I could see maybe an hour, hour and a half of, you know, I should have done it this way. Maybe I should have taken his offer, you know, maybe no. And and just really rethinking the whole thing. So going backwards, woulda, shoulda, coulda, instead of that's where we are. Now I move forward. And I think that's what I so often do. So it does, it deters me in the sense that I go back and analyze what I did or didn't do, but I think in some ways I learned from it. I think the opportunity is to learn from the no. I think I have to do a better job of separating the emotion of the no more quickly. Like go into a corner, say I'm going to scream about it for three minutes, scream back, set the set the clock for three minutes, scream about it, and then go, okay, what did I learn from this experience? That would be a very effective way for me to handle it. Really? Okay. That's interesting. I mean, uh, uh, it's 
that is, and I can understand why that would have value. I also am not sure that goes along with your saying of the opportunity to learn from it. Well, but the three minutes of screaming about it is the emotion. Okay. At the end of the three minutes, it's done. I've had the emotion because I think what so often happens is the emotion gets wrapped into the learning opportunity. And you it you can really affects let go how the learning occurs. Do you think that you really can let go of it by screaming for three minutes? I've always found that interesting. I mean, I I've never tried. I've never tried that. I've seen people who've tried that. I know someone who will cry for five minutes and then just go on with their day, and it seems to work for that person. I, I, I don't. I don't know. I will say the system I have in place now isn't as effective as it could be. I get deterred by no more than I probably can afford at the end of the day to be. So I'm curious, do you think it's the system that you have in dealing with the response or the system that you have in preparing for the question? I think it's both. Okay. Because it's I, I find that sometimes that the emotion is caused by our expectations. Well, and my expectation is every time I have an idea, it should be ratified by the world because I'm brilliant. And every time I make a proposal to someone to work with me, they should want to work with me because did I mention I'm brilliant? And, you know, if, if the world would just realize how incredibly brilliant I am, this would be a whole lot easier for you all and, frankly, me. So it is and about just you. just so anyone listening to this, I'm I'm being very extreme about that. But on some very deep personal level, there's an that that kind of is how I think my head plays it in some ways. Well, I that, see, I, I'm gonna jump in because Ed's got a comment with us this morning. Not because I want to change the topic. That would never be me. Ed says, no, makes me prove that I'm correct in my perception. And, you know, that I think that's the percept, perception is a big thing. Well, and, and is, your, is it about your perception at the beginning? That the expectation is, you know, I think when you go in and the expectation is they're going to say yes. Because all indicators have led to you believing they could use your help. It would make a difference. They've even said they could need your help and what a difference that would make. So you're expecting a yes. Correct. And so when you're going to know, it throws you. Because you're like, well, that doesn't seem to make sense. All indications led to me believing that I was going to get a yes. Well, all, all, all indications in my head, because I can only see it from my perspective, right? Well, in some, in some instances, I would imagine as well, the other person has given off signals that would be where they can see the value. They can see how it can make a difference. They can see the impact that it would have on themselves or their business and share that with you. And so you're like, oh, this is just feeding the fire of my belief that this is going to be a yes. And at the end of the day, it's ego, right? Uh. Uh, maybe, I guess. I mean, you know, I think the way you were talking about it is yes, that if I'm, that I always have, if I, we believe that we always have the solution, then it is ego. 
and and, and I want to be really clear because I'm not I'm not that way. Really, there's an element of that that goes on, but that's not how I roll through life. For all of never, us, probably. If you've never interacted with me and you're hearing this, you're like, "Wow, well, that guy's a real jerk." But I would tell you that when I talk to people about this, I hear this fairly commonly. This this is not this is not an uncommon thing that you know. If people would just understand what I'm trying to help them with, I heard that phrase from a client the other day. It's like, well, how did they? What don't they understand? Well, they don't understand this and this and this. I'm like, okay, how do you explain it to them? Well, it's obvious. I said, it's obvious to you. And I think that's the that's the gap. Sure. What's obvious to me may not be obvious to the other person. And what's important to me may not be important to the other person. That's, or it might not be at the top of the priority list. Correct. Correct. I see Ed's got another comment. Your vision may not be understood by the verbiage I used to describe the vision. Change the, change the verbiage. Right. Exactly. The, the language, you know, we're limited by the language. Uh, I think we're limited. Because you use the word, you could use the word verbiage and you see something, someone says, oh, that's a, that's a big word and that means a lot of, you know, using a lot of words. Someone else goes, oh, that's a very, dis- that's very careful use of the words. You know, communication is both people have to understand the same words, same ideas. We don't always do that. How many times have you been to a networking event? You hear someone give their 30 minute elevator pitch and then you talk to them later and it's like, oh, that's not what I thought you were saying. You do something completely different than what I heard. Right. Yes. Yes. Because the language can differ. Correct, because I think that we understand our language and believe that everyone sees it the same way as we do. Yep. And I think that's one of the challenges. Just like we believe we have the solution, they just may not see it that way. Or even if they see it that way, they haven't prioritized it that way. Um, so R-, R is with us. R says, so you let yourself down and not them. So probably comes with more frustration because you have so little control over your own expectations. Oh, uh, that's that's like three months of therapy coming down the pike. <laughs> well, I think there. I, it's interesting. I mean, I appreciate that perspective. And I think we can control our expectations. You know, not rather than going in with the expectation that I'm going to get a yes based on everything that I know about the situation and what I have seen or heard from the situation, we start to believe that the result is going to be a yes. And I think that sets us up for the emotion of when we get the no, because we're now getting what we didn't expect. And I think if we can almost go in and try, it's not easy try to say, I'm going to do the best I can. I have no control after that. And so why should I have any expectation of something I have no control over? That's a big ask. That's a big, I'm trying to get there. And I, I, I definitely, I've started to write a list some mornings when I feel overwhelmed of all the things I can control or all the things that I want to have happen for the day. And then I cross off the ones I can't control. And that list goes from 15 things to three. You know, 
I can't control what you say on this program. I can't control what someone perceives from this program. I can't control whether someone schedules an appointment with me and actually shows up. I, yes. I can't control whether someone pays with a credit card that actually is good. You know, the and, and the, they're all things that could come up. And I want to get this comment in, though, because this is rare. Ed's been giving me a hard time about being negative and you being the positive one. So apparently I was being positive earlier. I don't know when. That doesn't sound like me. So maybe <laughs> it was a fleeting moment, I'm sure. Well, I think it's those expectations that we have for whatever reason. You know, and again, we can talk ourselves easily into the expectations we have. You know, and it happens all the time in sports. <laughs> you know, I think I've said and shared on this show before that my parents, and I'll use them as an example, and there are many others who are like, well, this team should beat that team. I don't want to say why it's a game. Why do so why if they should? Why do they play? If you right. can go into it with it's a game, I don't control the outcome. Then I think sometimes you're not as devastated or or ecstatic with what it is. It's just this is what's real, and we're going to see what happens. And I think if we could do that in our work, and you know, like sometimes I think I've gotten. It's changed for me where I can go into a presentation and I have no expectations of the outcome. I know I have value. doesn't mean that they're going to see it. I know that I can share information that they may not know and that could help them do what they do. doesn't mean they're going to see it. So there are some people who might walk away and be like, oh, yeah, that was awesome. And others who might walk away and be like, mm, it was okay. And others be like, I didn't get anything out of it. That was a waste of time. I can't control any of that. All I can do is have the belief that I have value and that I think I can impact someone. Now, can I impact them enough that they make a decision? I don't know. I can't. They have to make that decision. And so I think that that's part of it. You love this, don't you? I love this co this comment from Ed. Role reversal. Tom today is the skeptical one. I love it. <laughs> I don't know that I'm the skeptical one. I'm the one who's trying to get people to think a little differently, although I'm probably being skeptical because I've done that before that well, everything just, you've said all week tom makes perfect sense but i went back and listened i was doing other stuff but i listened to the episodes it's a big ask it's why? a big ask to let go of our ego it's a big ask to accept that i have no control because i work so hard at my business and to say i don't have control is is kind of scary because if I don't have control over whether someone decides to work with me or not, what if no one ever decides to work with me? What, what if everyone who works with me tomorrow decides they don't want to work with me? Or what if everyone I talk to decides to work with me and I can't manage all that? All three of those run through my head from time to time. Sure. And I can, I can see that. I, I also think that there's the opportunity to say, again, like I tried to share, I have value. You have value. We all have value to share. It's what we talk about all the time is share your value because it may impact someone else. And I believe that all of us, when we share our value, there's an opportunity to have impact. It doesn't mean it's always going to happen. 
And I think what happens is people stop sharing their value because they get feedback that somebody wasn't impacted by it. And they're like, well, I guess if it didn't impact that one person out of how many in the world? 330 billion. Is that right? I don't know. That there's an opportunity that's going to impact someone else. And I think if we can just get to the, if we could consider saying, I just have, I'm going to share my value when I think it's appropriate. And I can't control how somebody else is going to receive it. So I try not to worry about that. And then I just try to go back and evaluate the actions that I took and try to understand them. And I I got it. It's hard. Ed says, I get the bell today. I would ring my bell if I could figure out where it is, but it's in a box. There you go. Thank you. We, we were ringing the bell when a good thing came up, when a good idea came up or a thoughtful thing. So Ed's going old school. He's got, he's uh, going back a little bit. And Ed says, try seeking office because he ran for an office in Maryland and uh, did not win. So you can imagine putting out your ideas in a political climate all the preparation for the election day and then the voters doing their thing and you not being chosen. I don't, I, that would, that would. <laughs> uh, uh, and I appreciate that because it's very public, yes. very public. And yet in reality, it's exactly the same as what we're doing, right? Ed went out and shared his value. It's, it's very public and it's also very definitive. You and I get voted on every day. Someone goes to Facebook, they see us on there and they go, oh, those knuckleheads, I'm like, why do they still do this? I hate them. Or, oh, I like that shirt. You know, I'm amazed at what causes me to look at things on Facebook or any other platform. It's often not the thing the person is sharing value on. Which could exactly be the same thing in a political campaign. Why someone chooses to vote the way they do may or may not have anything to do with the platform that we have, the message that we're sharing, the impact that we might have. And I think it's it's the same type of thing, right? If, if you get all worked up that I'm going to win this, which I understand that perspective. And I think it's one of those things that I like to think about. If I do everything I can, to the mm-hmm. best of my ability, whatever that might be. And sometimes that I might not be on that day or I might, I'm just going to do the best I can in the moment. And we'll see what the results, what come of those results. And the belief that if I do the best I can, I've done all I can control. Mm-hmm. Now I can't control anything else. And I, and if I can focus on that, as we talk about, if I can focus on the actions, and understand that the results are going to be what they're going to be. I, and as I say it, and I under, I understand the challenge. And I think that if we can start moving and if you can consider slowly trying to take some of those steps, especially with things maybe that don't, that the impact is, the impact of the result is maybe less, maybe. And we can start to see how, oh, okay. I understand. Let me think about what did I learn from this and how might I leverage that moving forward? The result can maybe start to have less impact. Yeah, I, It's an ask. It's a big ask. I, 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 I'm, 
Well, I, I do not want to be the one on the hook today saying to someone, hey, this is easy. You can do this. This, I, I agree. I agree with what you're saying. Theoretically, it makes perfect sense. I've shared the same idea with other people with varying results. But I will tell you, for me, it's that's a Herculean task. I'd love to get closer to that every day. And if I got a little closer every day, I think I might get to that eventuality and that point of view in about mm, 38 years ballparking well it's all a process right we're all learning and so it's if you think of it as a herculean task you'll never take the first step towards it if you think of it as how oh, you know what this is interesting let me think about that what are some situations where i can let go of the results that are not as 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 you said herculean and see what happens you know it's one of the things i think as an official i try to do is at some point, I just can, all I can do is the best that I can do. Try to call what I see and based on what I know. And in that situation, someone is always upset. But the beauty of that is you, you don't have time to sit and analyze it for long. You're making another decision right away. You think that I, I let be, go of that right away? You, but you but you have another opportunity to, to make another decision within seconds. I okay. make a proposal to a prospective client yesterday. I might yeah. not make another proposal to a client for a week, 10 days. You've got, you make a call on the lacrosse field and the blow the whistle, call the foul, and then they yell and scream at you. But the next play is coming along and you've got to act. If you stand there and go, I'm not going to make a decision. You won't be an official for very long. Yes. So you're constantly moving. It's like that. And when I'm doing, when I'm really effective, it's when I don't have time to think about the implications. I'm just in the flow and doing it without, without analyzing it. That's part of, I never realized it until now, but that's part of the challenge for me. The more time I have to think about the implications of my actions, the more I think about them. Because you're, you're thinking about the results. You're not thinking about what actions could you maybe have done the same, done different, have a different audience. You know, I th a lot of times I, when I go back and look, part of it is, did I get the call correct? So that's part of it. If I go watch a film. Right. A big part of it too is, what was my positioning? Where, wh what was I looking at when this happened? So that I'm I'm trying to less judge the call and rather understand why did I make the call that I did? And might there be a different way, a different position, a different way to look at it, a different perspective to consider that would allow me to see what I didn't see? And and I think that's to me is about that's why sometimes I don't spend a ton of time going back to watch because I can't change it. It's somebody is going to look at it. Everybody's going to look at it and think differently. Likely, you know, we can all look at the same thing and have a completely different perspective on foul, no foul, correct, incorrect. And so it's more about like, how do I learn from this? So in the next opportunity, what am I looking at differently? I mean, in some ways, I think it's great training for that as you focus more on your actions and the results. The hard mm -hmm. part is with the results, there is emotion. Everyone else has emotion. 
even when they don't know the rules that they're getting emotional about. That's always fun. And I think it's just, you know, it's, it's a process that will we ever perfect? No, I haven't perfected it. There are still times when, when those things happen, when I get results that I was like, "Mm," you know, I was, I had some expectations and then it didn't go as I thought. And then I get caught up in the emotion as well. And yet I keep trying to talk to myself about, it's not about the results. It's about the actions that I take and the value that I share. Just go full circle, Tom. You know how I know it's going to rain? Something about Sam Hunt. I don't know. Sam Hunt spent more time with me now than he ever does because the barometric pressure is changing and it freaks him out. It'll, um, rain, here, it'll rain here in the next 15 minutes, I'll bet you. It's amazing what animals know. Probably, I think it was raining here, so it's probably making its way towards you. Yep, yep, uh, yeah. It's it's. You're right. They they yeah. We probably have the same ability if we were just not so wrapped up in all the things we're wrapped up in. Fair enough. All um, right, Bob. So, what's your one thing? I think my one thing is that what you say makes perfect sense, but it's a continuum, and getting there is not easy, not fast, and not for the faint of heart. Which many would say that that's why it's so valuable. I'm the first to admit the value. It's just getting there. Shoo. Yeah. Okay. How about your one thing? My one thing is that, you know, hopefully to not have it deter you is it's not a, goes back to yesterday a little bit. You can't control it. And it's not about you. It's about them. And that, at some point, if they're saying no, they just aren't hearing, seeing what you have to offer in the way that you are. We can't control that. Does it make it challenging to hear? Of course. Frustrating, get you upset? Of course. You know, we wouldn't be human if we didn't have some sort of emotional reaction when things don't go as planned. And at the same time, I think if we can think of them as we tried to plan and it just Things are out of our control and focusing on those things that we can control and continuing to work on what can we control differently are the way that we're going to help hopefully reduce the emotion, which is going to hopefully reduce getting stuck and overwhelmed, frustrated. All right. Bring it full circle. I can't control the weather today. No, that is correct. Well, I don't know. I mean, you know, you did say that you're this amazing whatever, so maybe you're godlike and you can control the weather. I don't <laughs> no, know. I'm not godlike and I cannot control the weather. <laughs> okay. Right. Let's not leave that out there hanging. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Uh, Bob, uh, Ed says exactly, Bob. You're getting a lot of words of affirmation from I me. am. I am. <laughs> That's because people know how how deep and under the uh, ground I feel right now after all I've shared today. Fair enough. All right, everyone. If you have a one thing you'd like to share, please feel free to put it in the comments. Because we know that if you share your value, there's somebody out there who's going to benefit from it, even if you never hear back from them that they benefited from it. There's it's it's adding value to the world. So please feel free to share your thoughts and ideas. If you happen to be listening to the podcast where there is no opportunity to share that. Please join us inside the Ringer Renegades Facebook group, where we're helping others try to figure out how to move a little closer to not letting no deter you. And if you're someone who's really struggling with this, and really no just takes you completely out of your senses, and it slows you down for multiple days, 
reach out to Bob or I. I think that our um, Sculpty Renegade pathway, helping you control your day, part of it is helping to understand that no, sometimes it's completely is out of our control. That there are other people making those decisions and that how can we focus and celebrate the actions that we take? And we can help you work on that in a 90-day program that will help you get from where you are now. You might not get exactly to be perfect on this because we are human. And sometimes we just have emotion. And yet we know that it's going to help you move a little bit closer to where you own your day. You can focus on the actions you take and see where the results take you. Uh, we know that it's going to have an impact on your results. So reach out to one of us. We'd be happy to share more information about that. Um, otherwise, we look forward to seeing you inside the Ring of Renegades Facebook group. If not, we'll see you Monday morning. almost forgot it was Friday. Uh, around 7 a.m. Eastern time-ish for our next episode of Today's Antidote. Hey, Sam Hunton, I say, what do we say, Sam? Tell them. Embrace the renegading you. That's right. It's so worth it on Friday. Pause up. Pause up. That your new. That gonna be your new catchphrase. Pause, Pause up. up, baby. Fair enough. All right, everyone, go out and enjoy your day and your weekend. We'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to today's antidote, powered by the Renegade Success Network. The Renegade Success Network helps you confidently create your own unique pathway to success. To learn more about the Renegade Success Network and how you can take your next step, follow us on Twitter, connect on LinkedIn, or join the Ring of Renegades Facebook group. For full details on how you can join our community, go to renegadesuccessnetwork.com. Embrace the renegade in you.